2: This Start call recording. Is being recorded.
3: Do you, do you guys hear that voice that told? Yeah. let us know that we're going Yeah, it's, it's nice kind voice. of
2: sexy. I like yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> everything, cool.
3: everything that happens on here has that cool. voice.
1: Hello and welcome to the 4th and Short Podcast, this is Brian Beverson, I'm joined by Brad Smith and John D. Long. Guys, how you doing tonight?
3: I'm realizing that for my little interruption I did a couple episodes ago, this would have been a much better setup for it, because I could yes. hand the mic over with no uh, tell. Yeah, it would have been better. I don't okay. all that that like, scratching sound.
1: We'll have to it's do up. that again. It's okay. Yeah. We'll have plenty more interruptions. I have <laughs> you in my pipeline myself, So, No, um, I'm
3: not going to ever interrupt you again, so you can never use
1: them. Son of a bitch. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Okay. It's, all, it's a long con. A long con. I love it. So, the Panthers just won 45-21 on Monday Night Football, which was shocking to me, at least. Um, they put up Damn near 300 yards of total rushing offense while there, and uh, Cam Newton threw four touchdown passes. <laughs> so that was some pretty good stuff. I'll start with you, John. Uh, what did you like about that game? What did you what, what observations did you see?
3: Well, I was I was there, so um, the crowd was really into it, which is always fun. It always makes the experience a lot better. Um, I thought going in that we had a chance to have a 2015 game. I said that to somebody. It's off the record. We'll I have the email, but. You know, I could bring it up if needed. I thought we were due for a game like that, and the Dolphins, who in the third straight primetime game, and they've been falling flat every week. It was the uh, it was the right time for it to happen. Yeah. But to 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 answer your question about what I was most excited about was definitely the um pushing attack. We averaged eight yards a carry, over eight yards a carry. That's that's better than we've been doing previously.
1: 8.2 to be precise compared to the inches that the running backs were averaging and the probably like five yards or so the cam was averaging running the ball. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's
3: a lot, lot more fun when like we like, hand the ball off and it takes more than a half second for the ball carrier to get tackled.
1: Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Um. So, Brad, how do you feel about that game?
0: I actually thought they looked like a complete team for the first time in probably since 2015. I mean, all phases of, of the game worked. Um, You know, the final was 45, 21, but honestly seven of those 21 were garbage time points where the the defense had a lot of backups in the game at the end, you know? So, you know, the first team actually won 45 to 14. So uh, I, I thought that that the rushing game finally looked like something. Jonathan Stewart apparently either listens to us or reads CSR and probably both. To, yeah, probably both decided to take it personally that we've called him, you know, washed up and and everything else. And he 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 seemed to look like he's not. You know, I I don't know if if he. If it's just a one-time thing, because, you know, a lot of players go through this where they, you know, everybody thinks they're washed up, and then they have that one game where, oh, they're they're fine, you know, and then they go back to, they regress back to the mean. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see going forward what we get out of Jonathan Stewart. But um, it, it was nice to see him have a good game. It was nice to see McCaffrey play well. It was nice to see Cam Newton having fun. You know, he visibly on the sidelines looked like he was enjoying himself and, um, you know, all those things put together makes me believe that this is a team that can, you know, if they can keep this momentum going, they can probably, you know, get into the playoffs as at least a wild card and they might could take the division away from New Orleans, um, and I almost feel like the buy is coming at the worst possible time because the Panthers are starting to play some of their best football, and now they're going to have a week off to kind of cool that momentum down.
3: I want to I wanted to say something about that uh, the Cam Newton having fun thing. Um, I, he said during the week last week he's like, "We're gonna I'm, you're gonna see 2015 Cam because we need." He he said that right, like talking about bringing back that energy and that kind of playfulness that we hadn't seen in a while. And I wonder if, I mean, I know for sure the league contributed to it, but I wonder how much we we're going to see of that going forward, even if things stay closer. Because we've always talked about how much he depends on his, how much his attitude, like his mood affects how well he plays. And if he can stay, you know, upbeat, even when stuff isn't going well like he was uh, last night or Monday night, uh, I think we'll be in for good good times ahead.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I, I think... I think he did say that earlier in the week. I I'm with you. I don't remember exactly what he said and when he said it, but I remember mm-hmm. hearing something, you know, along those lines and um, you know, it, it's, it's obvious that he does play better when he's in a good mood. So hopefully, you know, that does carry over because we need a spark and I think last night's game is if we make the playoffs, um, you know, we're going to look back on this and we're going to say that this Monday night game was that turning point that, that got us there. And, um, you know, full credit to the Panthers, but you know, we also have to be real. You know, I I do have to bring a little bit of devil's advocate into it because it's just in my nature, but Miami quit last night and, um, you know, right around the time, and we talked about this in our Slack group earlier today, but, you know, right around that time that after they, the Panthers gave up that long touchdown run to, to Kenyon Drake and then they took the ball and drove it right back down the field and scored like, you know, it didn't even matter. My-
3: you, you cut out Miami. Miami what?
1: Oh, God, here we go.
3: <laughs> we'll never know. Dad. We'll never know what we'll he had to say about Miami. Digging. Whatever, what happened to, what did Miami do? I'll never know.
1: I, I didn't even watch the game. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> did the Panthers win?
3: Did Miami come back? Hmm. All right, we'll, we'll carry on. Um,
1: well, I guess while he's figuring that out, I'll say what I wanted to say. Um, <laughs> quick. So the guy who really impressed me was Devin Bunches. And I know that's not shocking yes. to a whole lot of people. but I agree with you. Not only did he step up as a number one wide receiver, he scored on that screen pass where he just he ran it in. He, he showed his speed a little bit. Um, he seems to be showing exactly why Carolina decided that he was a better option than Kelvin Benjamin for the future because he has – a bit more mobility for a wide receiver with his size than Benjamin did. Yeah, Kelvin and, uh, Benjamin's not running that,
3: that screen pass in for a touchdown.
1: No, nah, like, he's got he's got more speed than people give him credit for, which is something that they were talking about long, long into the offseason.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, I was pretty excited to see him do well and score two touchdowns because he's a good player. Like, we've seen flashes of it. There were always those catches here and there where, like, he – Made a like ridiculous catch out of bounds and like it just looked so fluid. Like we've seen that, but we haven't seen it consistently. And uh, his internet layout, um, and uh, bunches seemed to like really put it together in this game, so I was pretty happy about that. And the other thing I wanted to bring this up since we brought up Jonathan Stewart, but the offensive line as a whole really did much, a much better job against the Dolphins. Like, yeah, there was, in that front, go ahead, yeah,
3: there were, there were like. Like two lane highways to run through for all of the running backs. And yeah. Cam Newton, too.
1: Yeah. And, like, um, that front seven is not something to sneeze at. I mean, they have Ndamukong Su, they have uh, Cameron Wake, they have Kiko Alonso, Like, they have some good players in that front seven. And most of the time, I saw Ndamukong Su on his back in that game. Like, Trey Turner... Uh, Tyler Larson, uh, Greg Van Roten, Andrew Norwell—like they handled him that game, and that was that was really good to see. And it obviously opened up lanes for the running backs. And Jonathan Stewart was doing really well and managed to—and he was even running well on the perimeter, which is something we were we were really lambasting them for over the last few weeks. And uh, looking at the rushing stats right now, I mean, Stewart averaged six and a half yards a carry, which. He he ran the ball seventeen times. That's that's yeah, a that, huge that came improvement. Out of what they have. Yeah, and between him, Cameron Artis Payne, and Christian McCaffrey, none of them averaged less than four and a half yards of carry. And it seems like if Carolina can get if Carolina's offensive line is performing like this, they have like a four headed monster. Because because it's not like uh, Cameron Artis Payne did really well in that game. Like he had his forty yard run, but before that garbage time run, he was doing well for them when the limited snaps he got. So it seems yeah. like sticking with the run and letting the offensive line finally gel, which it seems like they're doing, is very a very good formula for success.
3: You know who Cameron Artis-Payne reminds me of? And obviously he's nothing, nowhere near the caliber of player, but the way he runs is so reminiscent of Le'Veon Bell.
1: Yeah, I could see that. That was actually something they said about him coming out of college is that he's a very patient runner and he lets the whole Well, like up, that touchdown. I definitely saw it.
3: That touchdown run was like vintage Leon Bell. He took the handoff ran up to the line and pretty much stopped and stood still for a split second. And then the hole opened up and he and he went he ran through it. Uh, that was that's the play in particular that set out to me and we saw a little bit in the preseason too. He's got that thing where he, that little that little pause and jump cut when he sees something open up. Yeah. Um. So I think. I mean, he's. He could. He could. He could contribute. He is already twenty-seven years old. Didn't realize that. That's a little disappointing. But.
1: Well, he's got fresh legs on him, though. That's the big thing.
3: (laughs) Yeah, we can get a couple good years out of him.
1: Mm -hmm. So we talked a lot about the the offensive side of the ball. Um. Look at the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, they didn't have any sacks, but they still managed to have a really good game defensively. So, um,
3: oh, wait, before we get to the defense, I want to say one more thing about the offense. Uh, somebody <laughs> shared this. <laughs> All
1: right.
3: Don't laugh at me. Um,
1: there's You were like, wait, 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 I have this one last thing. <laughs> we,
3: we can't ever go back to the offense once we stop. We can't close the door yet. Um, I saw something, did not verify, but I'm going to assume it's true. Uh, Christian McCaffrey had like 22 yards after contact last night or Monday night and out of his 23 Damn. total yards.
1: Damn.
3: Yeah, and that's – he's breaking tackles, which he – in like the preseason and then the first couple weeks of the regular season, looked looks like he had no interest in trying to break tackles. And I think he realized – he's kind of learned like, hey, it's the NFL. Uh, if you don't – like these guys are big and strong. Uh, you're not going to be able to – just like the only way you're going to get positive yardage is if you push through some tackles. And it's been nice to see him, you know, get a little more physical with the ball in his hands.
1: Yeah, I think that part of it came as well with the fact that he just seems to be catching up with the speed of the game. I mean, like, yeah, that one rushing touchdown that he had early on in the game, he uh, he that that shit out of one of their defenders and ran into the end zone. So that was that was really good to see because that looked more like and I tweeted this. He looked more like the college version of himself than the NFL version of him, himself that we've seen over the last few weeks. hes he, sure final, he seems to be making those cuts and making guys miss finally, which is something that we've really been missing him, from him. Um, McCaffrey is going to be heavily involved no matter what, but it's good to see this, this nice progression from him where he can make guys miss and get open and run the ball a little bit. Um, that two-touchdown game, I think that's just the start of it for him.
3: Yeah, it's exciting stuff.
1: And hey okay. Brad's can, back.
0: Can you hear me now? Yes, yes. All right
3: now. now, we need you to pick right up where you left off um, okay. with your previous Sorry story. About I was that. gonna spice it together. Yeah. My,
0: my my internet cut out. I don't know what the hell happened. But uh anyway, um as I was trying to say, um, playing devil's advocate, you know, it was visibly obvious that after we scored right after the Kenyon Drake touchdown that Miami quit on the field. You know, they they stopped giving a crap and Um, you know, they they stopped giving a crap because we beat them to that point. But, you know, um, I'm not so sure that when we start playing teams like New Orleans and Minnesota, um, that...
3: Again? Oh, no. We're never going to hear the end of his thought.
1: Brad! Oh Jesus! Well, um,
3: all right. Well, I'm gonna continue something. his point. Um, oh, you're Dolphins. gonna continue his point. Okay. Well, what I was gonna say with the Dolphins is about was um, so they had that long that 66 yard touchdown run, and mm. it, it made it 31 14. Still not close. Oh, he's back. But uh, the first play from scrimmage after the Panthers got the ball back was Cam Newton's 69 yard run. That's pretty uh, that's pretty kind of, that, that'll ruin your psyche pretty quick.
1: Yeah, that's a momentum shifter right there. So, Brad, yeah. welcome back. So, the next topic was defense. Um, so, interestingly, a team that's been very good at sacking the quarterback didn't have a single sack last night, yet the defense still had a very good performance. Um, there was an interception by, I forget who it was, uh, Luke keekley I know that. I don't believe there were any more interceptions, but. No, it was just that one. Yeah, what did you guys think of the defensive form? I'll start with Brad before he cuts out again. <laughs> um, I thought the defense played well. Um,
0: Jay Cutler's mission was to not get hit, and I mean, you could see it when when the pass rush would get within three feet of him, he would just throw the ball, and a lot of them were terrible throws. And he, it was solely because he didn't want to get hit, and he actually did pretty well at you know, at not getting hit. And I I mentioned this earlier today, but it's the first time, and as far as I can remember, that that we had a game, an NFL game where nobody got sacked. You know, neither team had one. And um, despite not being able to sack Jay Cutler, I thought the defense played very
3: well. I thought, yeah, the well, like there's no better illustration of his uh, trying not to get hit than him – not running on that scramble on third down. It might have been the first drive of the game. He had an easy (laughs) 8, 10, 12-yard pickup if he ran, and instead he tried to make a throw, a much more difficult throw. So he's like, I don't have to slide or get hit. Sign me up. Yeah, I thought that was strange too. I don't think it was strange. I thought it was very Jay Cutler.
1: (laughs) Peak Jay Cutler. Yeah, that Uh, was peak Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler does not give a fuck. We know that. Um, I was pretty happy with the fact that Carolina's pass defense held up so well, despite the fact that they have Devontae Parker, Jarvis Landry, Kenny Stills, uh, Julius Thomas. Like, they have some good weapons on the offense, and they clearly tried to run the ball, or uh, throw the ball, I should say. Um, Carolina's biggest crutch is going to be down the line their passive defense. Like, we know the front seven are good, we know it's very good. They have. Peppers, Addison, Short, Wathule, Johnson, even Wes Horton's been playing pretty well. Thompson, Keekley, Davis, you know, like that that is a very solid group on the front set So the team that could put them down if they don't make a super role is gonna be a team that exploits that secondary. So seeing them win against a, a, a offense that boasts those kind of weapons is definitely positive to me. Um Captain Munderland did a decent job against Landry. He still scored in garbage time, but it's it's good to see that. And having him fully healthy and have all their starters out is definitely helpful, in my opinion. Yeah, um,
3: uh, and uh, in the run defense, we got another fourth down stop, fourth and one. I, I, need, I need to look up. Do you guys know with your head what the uh, opponent's fourth down percentage against us is this year? It's got to be It's phenomenal. not good, I know that. Well, like phenomenal yeah. on our side.
1: Yeah, I mean, I know
3: that. Yeah, because um, that's like what seems the like every sixth game. They have to stop yeah. on fourth down. Yeah. I like think the fifth, sixth, or seventh time this season where we had a team try to go for it on fourth and one, and we stuff it for a loss. Are you guys there? Yeah,
1: I mean, uh, yeah, I'm here. Uh, K one short really fucking destroyed that one. On yeah, Sunday. he he just rat, he just like bear hugged the running back so that he couldn't go any further it was it was definitely it was definitely good run defense and that's something that carolina has always prided themselves on but it seems like this year they're way uh they're way more effective at it so what the heck oh we have two brothers brev- I,
0: I don't know what the fuck is going on <laughs> with my shit tonight so uh, All right, i'm just going well, to chime in second, with I'm just going to chime in with occasional one-liners when I can, but you two carry the rest of the thing because I might not be here in five minutes. I don't know.
3: Okay, so we'll just we'll just ignore you. Yeah, just going.
0: ignore me, and I'll chime in if I'm here and if I'm not, you know, fuck it.
3: Okay, gotcha. Uh, so I have this nifty thing called the internet, and I just looked up um, – Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Uh, We've had 15 fourth down attempts against us, which is the second most in the league, surprisingly. Um, And our opponents have converted four of them.
1: Wow. That's incredible. I mean, like, Davis, Peppers, and Keekly are the guys that I can think of off the top of my head who have been the biggest guys to blow those up. I mean, like, it seems like those three guys are always in on those plays. Um on top of that, having a guy like Luke Kuechly who can literally telegraph what the offense is doing definitely helps. I mean, I feel like they're like even though like us as Panthers people know that Luke Keeley is really good, I feel like it's still underplayed the fact that when he's not on the field, he there's a significant drop off in the defense's uh, rush defense and even just like defense in general. Like he he just. I've never seen a player like him who telegraphs plays and is just ready for them before they even happen at times. Like that guy's good. And I really hope he keeps playing and I really hope he never has any more concussions because he is so good at the linebacker position. Yeah.
3: it's I love hearing the stories about like you break the huddle and um, Luke keekley immediately calls out what player about to run. So you're like, Whoa, well, well uh, we'll change it to this then. And then they're like, hey, Luke's like, Oh, they're doing this now, guys. It's like, well, well, dang. Now I don't have any time to change it again. I hope this works. Yep, I have, I have no idea how he does it, but um, I'm not complaining.
1: No, definitely can't complain as a Panthers uh, follower for sure. Um, so looking forward, uh, I want to talk about the fact that Curtis Samuel got hurt. I know he wasn't super effective throughout his first few weeks with the Panthers but this past week I really feel like he did well and now he's now he's on IR. Um yeah, of course. Yeah. Best game of yeah. his
3: career it ends with him uh going on IR.
1: Like he seems to he strikes me he struck me as somebody who like Pat was like just within an inch of making big 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 plays. Um and I think that's something that'll come Ooh. later on in his career, but Looking forward, now the Panthers receiving core is Devin Punches, Russell Shepard, Kalen Clay, who wasn't even with the team to start the year, and Brenton Burson, who's obviously the GOAT, but he can't hold the whole team on his back. So, um, looking forward, do we think this is the receiving core they're going to run with, or do we think they're going to bring somebody else in?
3: I don't think they have much of a choice. I mean, I, I know, um, I think it's Eric has been saying he expects him to sign Philly Brown to replace uh, Curtis Samuel. That would be the only thing I could think of. Maybe Demir Bird coming back of IR, but I think it's gonna. Nobody that we haven't already seen in a Panthers uniform is gonna be uh, contributing. I don't think.
1: What about you, Brad? If you're still here.
3: All right. All oh, right. So I, pull, great, great I pulled. great take
1: there. Great take there. I'm yeah. gonna go ahead and say. Maybe Jericho Cotterish suits up for him again, since he's like... is he a coach?
3: He's a coach, though. He's a gonna... wide
1: receiver coach, so it's not hard to... Can you do that? I'm not a GM here. You're, you're drilling <laughs> me I'm way too hard. Um, But other than that, I mean, like, it would definitely be like a veteran wide receiver. There aren't many guys out there who have the same skill set as Curtis Samuel and are still on the market. Like, there's a lot of teams that have guys in their practice squad. um. I could maybe see like a guy like if he, this is going to be a bit of a throwback, but Tavares King, who plays for the Giants, he's on their squad. I could see the Panthers going reaching out for a guy like that, not Tavares King, obviously, because trading is not really a good idea for someone like that. But they're also past the
3: trade deadline, not allowed.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> um, practice squad players, maybe who have like a little bit of, who have a little bit of a. Potential, we could see Mose Frazier, we could see Austin Duke possibly. But in the end, I think that Carolina is going to stick with those four um, until Greg, Ol- Greg Olsen coming back soon is definitely going to be helpful. I mean, he's not obviously the same kind of player as Kirk Samuel, but it's another option they have where they can, they can put him on the field and the defense has to figure out how to scheme against him. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah. I'm I'm over here personally hoping that Brenton Burston catches his first career touchdown in the regular season, but you know we'll uh,
3: see. I, I I'm let me I need to fact check you. I am pretty sure I thought Brenton Burston had a touchdown in garbage time in like one season.
1: Nope. Yes, He's he does. Like, uh,
3: he sure does. Some fan you are. Two th- two thousand fifteen. No way.
1: Mm-hmm. Who was it against?
3: Uh, wait. Where'd it go? I I just saw it says career he has oh no two thousand fourteen his rookie year sorry I looked at the wrong column mm-hmm. forgive me um it was December or it was October nineteenth at Green Bay he caught a touchdown he had three catches for like twenty one yards I just lost it and my computer he would did. speed up
1: but he did catch a touchdown I'll be sure did.
3: He caught a touchdown with one minute and 24 seconds remaining in the fourth quarter to bring the score to Green Bay 38, Carolina 17. It was the most garbage of garbage time touchdowns is what I'm saying, but it's a touchdown.
1: I hope he he catches a meaningful touchdown. So we'll see. (laughs) Um, Oh, look, second Brad is back. Look at that.
3: (laughs) I was supposed to ignore when Brad comes and goes. He's supposed to just talk when he's here. Um, Not to jump around too much, but I'm going to jump back real quick to the fourth down stat I was talking about. We've had eight fourth and ones uh, against this defense, and opponents have picked up the first down twice.
1: Wow. That's really, that's a really good success rate. (laughs) Yeah,
3: it's not bad. Um, one of them was fourth and goal at the one against the Patriots, and Tom Brady completed a pass to Danny Middleton for touchdown. The other was fourth and one from the, the uh, Carolinas' three, and the yeah. Eagles completed a two-yard pass and got stopped at the one. So <laughs> they've given up two conversions on fourth and one, and the two plays that have converted have averaged uh, a yard and a half per play. So that ain't bad. even when they Even when they allow the fourth down conversion, they barely allow it. Yeah. So
0: Brad, uh, what do you have
1: to say about that?
0: I have no idea what you're talk what you've been talking about. You.
1: Well, we were talking about fourth down conversions and how this defense is really good at stopping them.
0: Oh yeah. So,
3: that that is awesome. Two, two for eight. Opponents are two for eight against the Panthers on fourth and one. That's that's barely a quarter.
0: Yeah, that's that's pretty good.
1: That is very good. We're also Um, talking about. We're
3: also, by the way, uh, calling questioning Brian's Britton Burson fanhood because he didn't know that Britton Burson has a career touchdown catch.
0: You didn't know that? I didn't know that. No. Wow. Yeah, you're no longer president of the Sunshine Fan Club if you didn't even know that.
3: Like you knew that? Get out of here. I did. I knew knew it. it. That's why I went and fact checked it. Just going to remember what game it was in.
1: Whatever. He'll have, a just, meaning, he'll, have a me, he'll have a meaningful touchdown this year.
0: He doesn't have one this year, but he had one a couple of years ago. It was in the preseason, wasn't it?
3: No, he has it. You didn't know either. He caught a touchdown against the Packers when we were down 38-10 to 10 with a minute and a half left.
0: Oh, yeah, that. Okay.
3: From Derek Anderson.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. I totally remember that. I totally yeah, remember
0: that's right. It was garbage time touchdown. That's why me <laughs> and Brian don't, didn't know
3: yeah, it's pretty easy to forget that game. But I just I would have thought you'd remember the Bretton Burston touchdown. I thought I guess it was just me. I really
0: thought he was gonna have one on uh oh, <laughs> just...
1: The fact that they that Cam actually threw him a pass in a meaningful game in the end zone, I just I couldn't even I was The trust. I was so sad when he didn't catch that. I was so sad.
3: Yeah, he in that game he had three catches for twenty one yards. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I I was excited to see him potentially catch a to touchdown pass, just because I feel like he's become such a a popular figure among Panther fans that read so the internet.
1: Great. Yeah,
3: <laughs> I know it's, it is.
1: It's really strange. I mean, like I know that we've contributed to that as a site because
3: yeah, kind we, of make a we, meme we, out we've of him. Hyped a little bit. him
1: up, and we definitely made him into a meme. Correct, but even still, I see on Twitter every time like something about Brenton Burst is mentioned, there's like random ass people who are like yeah he's the goat he's the best and i'm just like so funny it's that wofford connection man i i actually i genuinely think that it's because we hype them up so hard that people are just like following along with me now
0: oh it has to be there's no
1: other explanation Yeah, i mean (laughs) there's
3: no way that like the entire fan base has all gotten in on the same inside joke just by chance like it started somewhere
1: his own damn brother follows me on Twitter now, despite the fact that I was posting memes of him, of his brother, for damn near two years at this point. So,
3: I mean, if somebody was posting memes of my brother, I'd probably follow them too. You just gotta yeah, keep them in check to sure you know, see what they're doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: I would do that too.
1: So basically, we can we can really push our prominence by just turning more players into memes this is essentially what I've gathered from this.
3: Fr- fringe roster players, make them, find something about them that's worth uh, making them a superstar. That's yep. not related to their football playing ability whatsoever.
1: Yep. We can, we can do that. That's we not can hard. Pu- we, can, we can push them into relevance by simply making them into memes. So, pretty great. It's pretty great that we have this power, guys. Like, I don't really know what to do with it. I mean, they say, like, great power comes with great responsibility, but I don't really feel a whole lot of responsibility. I feel a lot of power with this. So
3: You're responsible for Brent Burson being a household name.
1: You're damn Marshall. right he is.
3: By the way, while I'm looking up that Brent Burson touchdown, it's so weird looking at games from even just, like, three years ago and how many players on that team I'd forgot even existed. Like Chris Ogbenaya had five carries for us in two thousand fourteen. Oh my and, uh,
1: God, that is a throwback! Jeez. wow! Yeah.
3: And like James Dockery I had a tackle. He was the team. Yeah. Remember James, James Dockery? Dockery? We thought he was gonna be good for remember, a little bit.
1: We thought he was gonna be the savior of the the secondary. I remember James Dockery. Oh, man. He's gonna be a steal.
3: Uh, very solid cornerback for us, and then he just got cut, and we're like, oh well, never mind.
1: He was a student on and off the field, hard worker, deceptively fast. This is
3: James Dockery?
1: Yeah. Student of the game, you
0: yeah. know? I'm not sure, but I don't think all those fit James Dockery.
3: I mean, they could. Yeah, but but... they could, but... <laughs> Jesus. Not not in the sense that I feel like Brian is, is yeah, going I, I, for.
1: Yeah, I don't think so. You guys are racist
3: nah only a little bit
1: only a little bit
3: not really though i'm not that was a joke for all of you that don't know
1: all right well yeah um any final words for us brad i'll start with you since you're still connected to us
0: yeah i'm surprised i'm still here um (laughs) hanging on by a
3: thread
1: i'm I'm hanging on by
3: a
0: thread um you know, I I liked what I saw on Monday. I hope that the bye week doesn't kill that momentum, and I hope we see it again against the
1: Jets. I I James am Josh McCown.
3: Mm. I, I'm amazed that the Jets are even relevant right now. They're they're supposed to go zero and sixteen.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. The Jets were supposed to be the New York team that you know, like you said, goes zero and sixteen, and it That's ends up being point. the Giants.
1: First of all, the Giants have one win, so don't get too far ahead of yourselves.
3: How how, how would you feel if so? If the Giants go 1-15? Who do they beat? Oh, they beat the Broncos. God, the Broncos are bad, they too. They already
1: Man. won a game, John. I know they up. did. I
3: was saying, who did they beat? And I was the Broncos. I keep thinking they beat the Chargers because the Chargers were the only team the Browns beat last year. And it would be kind of funny if they just, each season are the only team to lose to a certain team.
1: That actually would be hilarious.
3: It would be the most Chargers thing ever.
1: The most Chargers thing ever, with their 125 people in the stadium. Uh,
3: they're giving away free tickets to fill out a soccer stadium.
1: See,
0: that's I, I want I want them to lose to the Browns every year. Like the Browns to go one and fifteen for like the next three years, but always beat the Chargers.
3: They do play the Chargers in three weeks. Yeah. I hope that happens.
2: Oh, They'll boy. be in that
3: packed StubHub Hope Center. We're getting a little lag. That's my fault. Um, I'm. I I think this will be a good. I think the, the Panthers have been better than they've been getting credit for. It hasn't been pretty, but we have been consistently beating teams. I mean, we've won three in a row now. I think we'll beat the Jets. We'll be eight and three before that tough stretch with the Saints and Vikings. Um, That's going to be I, a
0: brutal two game stretch. That is a
3: very tough two game stretch. Um... Saints game's already been flexed to four twenty five. That's fun. Yeah, the Um, Vikings
0: game might get flexed to Sunday night. Yeah, if if Carolina's eight and four, there's a really good chance. If uh, you know, they'll probably have to do it two weeks in advance, so we'll know after we play the Jets. So if if we're eight and
1: three, if
0: we're eight and three, Minnesota could be what? What are they right now? Seven and two.
3: They are, yeah, seven and two
0: so they could be 8 and 2 or 9 and 2 um or 8 and 3 either one by the time we play you know by the time that game gets flexed so you know two 8 and 3 teams i would imagine are going to get flexed over what is it pittsburgh and baltimore
3: i mean pittsburgh and baltimore Probably. is a big deal yeah it is there's a love lost between
0: yeah.
3: um but, I think at
0: the very least will be the four o'clock or the four thirty uh, game two weeks yeah. in a row.
3: Yeah, I would think so. Which is fine with me. I like I love having those four o'clock games and getting to have like red zone or whatever for all of the early games together.
2: Yeah,
0: it, it is kind of cool. I just I hate Sunday night football because it takes you know it it starts at eight thirty and then it's midnight or later before it's over. And
3: oh, I got home after one o'clock last night. Yeah, night I don't have time for that. Yeah, it was it was rough. Brian, share your thoughts on the game and Panthers moving forward.
1: Well, um the Jets is a winnable game, which means that Carolina will probably make it more stressful than it needs to be. Hey, we um,
3: didn't on Monday.
1: That said I thorough, I unfortunately I hate to be the pessimist here but I think the Saints will thoroughly beat the shit out of the Panthers when they play each other, because they are playing way more complete football, way more consistently in Carolina. But the Panthers have a similar offensive mind going on, and they have a very good defense, so it could be a very ugly game where Carolina ends up coming out with a win. But I agree. I think Carolina and the Saints are going to be the ones fighting for the top of the NFC South. I think the Saints got, or not the Saints, the Falcons got lucky because Ezekiel Elliott wasn't in, and they also didn't have their top left tackle, so they were able to exploit their weaknesses, um, but ultimately I think that it's going to be Saints-Panthers for the title, and I think that, I think the Saints are going to end up winning it just because of their, the talent they have, and the the philosophy they've developed as far as offense and defense goes. But it's going to be a really fun game to watch because they're going to beat the crap out of each other.
3: How you know about the Saints Panthers? Yeah. Yeah, it's that, hopefully hopefully it's fun to watch. Well, I hope know, know in there.
1: Yeah, because if time. it's
0: not fun, that means they're beating the crap out of us. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah.
3: And all that happened again.
1: Well, we entered the bye week. We will be bringing you guys... A Little more bi week review and coverage in the next few days. Um, got a review show coming
3: out on Friday, probably.
1: Yeah, we have uh offensive defensive reviews. Um, I'll be recapping my recaps, which is always good. And uh, I can actually recap to- the
3: recaps themselves, like not the actual play of the team, but like grade your own performance and like your writing ability and your grammar. I, I hope you like be
1: I was gonna grade my own <laughs> performance and also grade what I was doing that night for those recaps. So
2: sounds, that'll be sounds a fun time so to
1: watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. come in that. and read. I'll be, I'll be recapping that time that I played Overwatch after the Panthers game. So I'll come in and tell you Ooh. guys about how much how, how how good I did. So, so I'm um, excited for
3: that. Put some screenshots of your KD.
1: Yeah, my kill to death ratio. It's always good. We're also going to have
0: some. We're also going to have some fun with our Dan Levitard looks like game this week. Instead of doing our opponent, we're going to turn the tables on ourselves, and we're going to do the Panthers. Um, I think we're going to definitely do Ron Rivera, Mike Shula, Steve Wilkes. Um, we might also do a, a couple of players, um, as long as they don't read it and then hunt us down.
1: I will also go on record right now and say that I volunteered as tribute as one of the CSR staff for this. Particular event as well. You guys don't seem like you want to do it, but if you want to, I'm here. Go ahead and roast. Well, him. the now. thing is,
0: Brian is there's only so many ways to say what you look like, and you know we don't want it to get stale.
1: I don't think it's just, will. just, just say what
3: Brian looks like, and then just list off the characters that Michael Sarah has. Played. I
0: was going to say it's going to be an endless list of Michael Sarah jokes and. You know, I think our readers deserve a little bit more than that.
1: Oh, damn. Well, I tried to provide you guys premium <laughs> content, but these guys are are taking it back. So, I, was I mean, you can to pose it.
3: what you think you look like.
1: Yeah, I was know, trying to. You, you can me. do
0: it yourself if you want. You know, Brian looks like he has money hidden in a banana stand.
1: Uh, <laughs> oh man! Oh, jeez. All right. Well. Oh yeah, and we'll have a special time. guest
3: next episode.
1: Hopefully. Maybe. We'll try. We'll try. We we always try. Sometimes we fail, but we always try. But this is Brian with the CSR Force and Short podcast here with John and Brad. Wishing you wishing everybody a good a good night, a good day, and come join us later.
3: See you later. Later.
2: behind Searching circles every time I try. I've been here There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white. So go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing. From banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18 Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash
1: 20 back for details.